Good morning, afternoon, and evening, fellows of the nether regions. My name is Spencer Zimmerman. My name is Sarah Zimmerman. And welcome to another episode of the Trebe Rigor podcast. Today, we are bringing you a fantastic film called Failure to Launch, starring Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker, and Terry Bradshaw also made an appearance in this movie. Yeah, so this one, it's called Failure to Launch, but I really think it should have been called Success to Launch, because, you know what? I loved it. I thought it was a deep film, it had a lot to say, and it was executed in a really great way. Now, I absolutely agree with you, uh, Sarah. When, with this podcast, we watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. We, we get them in, you know, we get them done. We go through the good, the bad, the ugly, yeah. all of it. For every episode, we watch at least five films yep. before we even choose one to review. And we landed on this movie because it is actually, it's perfect. It's a, a pinnacle of creation. But before we get to our main theme, why don't I just give a quick summary for those who haven't seen it? Yes, please. So this is starring Matthew McConaughey as Trip. Anyone who's, who's named Trip, you know exactly who he is. You know, he's a guy's guy. He knows where it's at. He's, he likes the ladies. Yeah, he loves <laughs> he drinks the ladies. beer. He drinks Stella Artois, and he has a deep, deep tan. And that's what Trip is, and he's living the life. He's, he's sleeping with a lot of women, but you know what? He's afraid of commitment. And the thing that he uses to chase away women is the fact that he still lives with his parents. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? Well, I think uh, I can imagine since we both do actually uh, still live at home, right, uh, right. but we are currently uh, in the process of moving out. So, you know, that's that's a certainly, different matter altogether. Certainly not a failure to launch situation. No, it's more of a, a success in the waiting. <laughs> so <laughs> perfectly said. Yes. Yeah, so Matthew McConaughey's character trip is still living at home and his parents are getting a little fed up with it. So they hire Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, well, actually, her character in the film, not actual Sarah Jessica Parker. Her career hasn't fallen that far. (laughs) Well, almost. Uh, They hire her to date Trip, Matthew McConaughey, and motivate him to move out of the house. And that is the pretty much the entire plot of the movie, other than the fact that uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's friend is Zoe Deschanel. They live together. And Matthew McConaughey's friends are Justin Bartha from the National Treasure films and Bradley Cooper. Can you believe it? Oh, his eyes. Oh, my God, so that's stubble. Blue. Mm. And Matthew McConaughey's parents are played by Kathy Bates and Terry Bradshaw. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, Terry was wonderful in this. I loved him. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, so why don't we move on to our main theme, the thesis of this film that we found. Um, and you were getting at it earlier. Do you want to start? Yeah, so, I mean, right off the bat, I think within the first 15 minutes of this film, I realized that everything about this movie was picture-perfect, the yoga was perfect. The The food was cooked perfectly. It looked perfect. The abs were perfect. The tans were perfect. Everyone had white, white teeth. The 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 rooms, the way they were set up, just the, the interior decoration was beautiful It was down to the costume design, set design, the mise-en-scene. The uh, composition of each shot was perfectly symmetrical. The ratios involved with everything was just perfect. Flawless film. Flawless. Flawless. Not, any, I could not find anything wrong with it. And then every time something was about to be set up, to show us that something was going wrong, it would immediately fall back on itself and show that the setup was perfect. Oh, my God. 
It was going definitely on a cinematic uh, magic carpet ride. Yeah, and one more thing to add to that. This is actually what really initiated this thought in me that this this was a perfect movie, was that the banter back and forth between Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker was was just intoxicating. Oh it was God. so scientifically just proven and, and and the process had clearly been you know, thought out and researched so much so that it even in, seduced me while watching it. Yeah, whoops. And, you know, to write dialogue like that, you have to be a master of the craft. And there you are flying out of the, the, the whole uh, master of creation. I couldn't agree more. And that scene when Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey first encounter each other in a furniture store... It, uh, it was beautifully done. It was. And, and you know what? I saw a lot of influences from Casablanca. Mm-hmm. That I, scene wow. where Sarah yep. Jessica Parker first walks in, the lighting on it was soft lighting. She looked good. She looked just like Ingrid Bergman. Mm. And then the banter, that scientifically done banter, was just mm, so sensual, just like Casablanca, just jumped right off the screen. Yeah. No, I felt it. I felt it. I was in this movie. I was a character. I was sucked in, and I was a a member of this world for an hour and 37 minutes. It was invigorating. I never wanted to leave. I didn't. I mean, everything was perfect in this movie. Let's list it. I mean, the home team at sports games always wins. Matthew McConaughey's character always has $300 in his pocket. At one point, a character says, Until I was 10, I had undescended testicles and you know what that got him laid nobody ever wore more than a light jacket it never seemed to be cold or hot when it rained there were no clouds and it made them look even sexier exactly and the rain came straight down and didn't do anything bad yeah no wind at all no wind at all in this film just a consistent downpour except for when they're on the sailboat that's when you see the perfect amount of wind yeah, just to add one more thing that's perfect, and just to bring this point home, um, there was a point towards the end of the movie where Trip has figured out that Sarah Jessica Parker has been paid by his parents to date him, basically, get him out of the house. And he sets up a situation where he's bringing her over to his parents' house, he's cooking dinner for everybody, and he sits everybody down and he says, I want us to move in together. And she almost chokes on a, a strawberry or dunked chocolate pretzel or something. You know, she's just choking over there. Next thing you know, he says, yeah, we should move in together. We're going to knock out the upstairs wall, make a master suite upstairs. And his parents are just blown away. They had no idea this was coming. And then he says, yeah, and then you won't have to pay Sarah Jessica Parker to be my girlfriend. Boom. That was a perfect setup. Everything about that was thought out hours down the road, so far ahead of time, that I can't even comprehend. I could not even comprehend what was happening until it had all looped back on itself. I'm shaking my head in disbelief right now because I just still can't believe what a good line that was. Mm. I wish that when I was mad I could think it out that fully and just really just knife someone in the back like he did just The long con. Oh, that that was. was. He cooked a whole dinner just for that line. That was matchstick men. In a five-minute period. I think going along those lines of, of the film being perfect in every way, at the beginning I was kind of like, whoa, this is this is too perfect. It seemed a little bit like an episode of The Twilight Zone to me, 
where we were in some sort of Stephen King bubble where it was always 72 degrees and sunny, but also nobody ever left their parents' home. Because it's established that not only does Matthew McConaughey's character still live at home, but so does Bradley Cooper and so does Justin Bartha. And judging by Bradley Cooper's beard, they were at least 35 years old. And then, separately from that, we see that Matthew McConaughey's parents have friends that all have kids that live at home. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is in the water here? It was strange to me. But then I got, oh wait, okay, this isn't a typical place. This is like Pleasantville or something. This is a Stephen King bubble where everything is perfect. And for the kids, everything is perfect when you're living at home. Yeah, so this is where I took this film to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Um, I I began to view this thing as a true stroke of genius. Just an absolute work of art. Um, almost in an abstract form because it was, and it was almost a play on the cinematic world as a whole. And I love that. I love uh, plays on things, you know, mm-hmm. jokes. I love, I love laughing. You sure do. I love humor. You are a huge Kevin James fan. Oh, Thanksgiving. Not a good day to meet my pants, right? <laughs> Classic Kevin James. Oh, love that guy. So anyways, we began to see some very interesting contrasts in this film. We began to see after he stormed out of the house and uh, she ran after him and he kicked her out of the car, was that his perfect execution only resulted in him diving into a deeper state of imperfection and depression. What do you think that means exactly? See, we're taking something that's perfect, and then we start molding things. We have a wet piece of clay that was offered to you in a perfect rectangle, perfect 90-degree angles, perfectly flat, and then we begin to mold this thing into a true work of art with our own hands and our own minds and eyes and fingertips, and we come out with a statue of of liberty of freedom and we get failure to launch oh i get worked up with this movie i love i just love this movie i this okay see when i was watching this i was studying matthew matthew is one of the greatest actors of all time in my opinion stare into his eyes if you watch it notice what they're saying he was just taking on this role he was determined to make this role what was going to define his career till the end of time yeah i mean i thought that This role was incredibly underrated for Matthew McConaughey. This was before what people called the McConaissance, and it all started with failure to launch. People were pretty far behind on that. You know what didn't fail to launch in this movie? Was Matthew McConaughey's career. Oh, he got plenty of action after this movie. And let's not overlook the importance of Tom Day's failure to launch. This director is a master Okay, he went on to direct Marmaduke with Owen Wilson. So why are more people talking about this? I mean, everything is perfect in this film. Everything. The first kiss is perfect. Do you remember that? They're eating crabs. Oh, that one rustled my feathers. They were eating crabs in the sexiest way. And then he says something, and her response was, Well, you don't have to be alone anymore. And then they just look at each other. And then they kiss. And that was their first kiss. Mm. On the water with the sun going down. Beautiful reflection. 
their heads were centered in the screen so it lo- the ratios were proper to my yeah. eyes it was just easy to look at exactly i mean sarah jessica parker's hair is perfect at mm. all times at one point she moved her hand and she brushed her hair away from her face but the hair even though you could see her fingers hitting it didn't move no it just it just it just stayed in place Yes, there was also something else that was interesting in this movie. Matthew McConaughey was bitten by a dolphin, a chipmunk, and an iguana or large lizard of some sort. Yeah, we definitely saw that motif a lot in this film of nature attacking man. Here was what I came up with, was that the animal attacks represented the conflict of Matthew's negative contribution of karma to the universe. And therefore, this was his uh, debt that was being repaid, which all came full circle in the end when the dolphin came up to him in the water and didn't attack him. That's right. At the very end, Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey are happily sailing away into the sunset on his boat. And they even mention that it's a Thursday. They don't. It's a weekday, you know? They, they don't have any work to do. And they're drinking champagne. Exactly. It's it's so perfect. It is. And But at one point, he falls into the, uh, into the water, and a dolphin appears. But the dolphin doesn't attack him. It was a really clever way to show, oh, wow, he really is healing. It was kind of like the uh, John Travolta mustache theory from Killing Season, but applied to dolphins. Right. I think it just showed us that he was radiating such negative energy for so long mm-hmm. and now he's, you know, uh, radi- radiating an attractive energy, a positive energy, mm-hmm. just more beneficial to the universe as a whole. And that negative energy honestly was so subtle that we couldn't pick up on it because the surface of the film was so beautiful. Nature understands. Yeah, she will always understand. That's why they call her mother nature. Oh my god, yes, I see it now. So the point was that even though he moved out of his parents' home, he'll never move out of the home of Mother Nature. Wow. See, this right here, this connection you just made is exactly why we started this podcast. Is because we want to get to the bottom of these movies, but it doesn't happen unless we sit down and talk it out. Exactly. Get to the bottom of it. Our minds must link up in the middle and just connect Mm -hmm. for this to happen it's no coincidence that we find these things and you know what there is no coincidence in film i'll tell you that right here right now every episode boom you heard it another thing i we kind of touched on it but other than just matthew mcconaughey and bradley cooper i thought the cast of this movie was all star all star cast um at one point we saw steven toblowski and i don't know if you know who Steven Toblowski is. Um, yes, I do. He was the one that got his son to move out. And his wife and him were having a lot of, you know, lovely times together. Exactly. And... He was he was a family friend of Terry Bradshaw and right. Kathy Bates. And he and his wife were the ones that referred Sarah Jessica Parker to right. Matthew McConaughey's parents. But I just love see- seeing Steven Toblowski because he's the ultimate character actor. He's been in everything. Uh, he's like the actor version of Law and Order. You know how like everyone's been on Law and Order. Well, he's been on everything. <laughs> That's and, funny. Yeah, uh, his son was actually featured in a web series called Cutthroat, uh, which you can find on YouTube. That's an underrated one. I've watched Cutthroat. I am a huge fan. All four episodes. Uh, yeah, all four twenty-minute episodes. Just really take eighty minutes out of any of your days and mm-hmm. just go ahead and deep dive into that. Totally worth it. 
rewarding. So seeing T Stephen Toblowski was a treat. Um, Zoe Deschanel was at her best in this film. You know what I could see uh, in Terry Bradshaw's eyes, the same thing Matthew McConaughey's eyes were showing, was that he was just determined to make this role the one that was just going to define the rest of his life. Absolutely. I mean, you see a lot when actors or actresses really want to get serious about a role, they usually get nude. You know, you'll see um, above-the-belt nudity, usually, in Oscar-winning roles. And you know what Terry Bradshaw did? He went below the belt. We saw his bare bottom. We saw his tan lines. All of that was real. Yeah, I mean, he just really inhabited the role just as much as Matthew McConaughey did. And you know what? A lot of us have ideas about Matthew McConaughey. We say, ah, oh, he's a surfer dude. He's always super tan and he's always working out on the beach. And you know what? That's because of this role. He got so far into this role that he just never left it. I mean, look at his character in this movie and you'll just see real-life Matthew McConaughey now. Why would you want to leave? He's become the ultimate person. Exactly. Why would you want to do anything other than that? Yeah, he has a deep, deep tan. He goes to yoga. He sails. He surfs. He speaks softly. Exactly. All of these things happen in the movie, but they also happen in real life. He never left the role. He's always inhabited it. That is commitment. True method acting. We also saw Justin Bartha, who's underrated, definitely. His career never seemed to take off, which is disappointing. It is, because you see him in roles like this, and you're like, wow, why did this man's career just sort of plateau? Oh my god, he brought such subtlety to this role. I mean, every single scene he was in, he managed to convey the thesis of his character, which was that he was a klutz, total klutz, and he... he brought that message to every single scene. He drove it home, that is for sure. Remember the scene when they were paintballing? He was miserable at paintballing. Remember the scene when they went rock climbing and he was supposed to be spotting Matthew McConaughey but he was too busy eating carrots? Remember that scene where they were surfing and he was supposed to be bad at surfing so he wore like a flotation device? And goggles? And goggles? And a sweatsuit in the middle of summer? Yeah. I mean, he brought it to every scene, and I honestly, I love this director, but that seems more like one of the things that the actor brought to it, you know? Yeah, he said, thank you for writing this character for me. Now, I'm going to take it over from here. So, before we wrap up, there's just something I want to introduce. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker, she brought Matthew McConaughey to the vet to help her put down her dog, and it was a tactical move on her part. The dog was... I, I don't, it was alive at the beginning of the yes. scene. I don't know if it ended the scene alive. I'm not actually sure what was going on there. We learned that it wasn't actually her dog, but you know what? Maybe it was, oh, we did learn that it was alive because the, uh, the vet actually said, and I quote, I don't know whose dog this is. I just clean their teeth and chop their balls off. Right. Okay. So yeah, this was a tactical move on her part to get him to console her, to create an emotional attachment. So let's go ahead and play the clip of this scene. He saved my life, you know? Yeah. And now I can't do anything for him. And I... <laughs> really interesting the way that the director managed to convey the tone of the scene. Because as you notice in the background, the music playing was kind of upbeat and cheery, kind of comical even. 
but meanwhile, on top of that music, you have Sarah Jessica Parker crying and grieving for her dying dog. So the juxtaposition there between the tone of the music and the tone of the dialogue, brilliant. And you know I love my juxtapositions. Oh, that is so you. You love juxtaposition. I think the, uh, the other brilliant thing about that scene was the editing. Let's just play back this one part that I really thought the editing was important at. Um, can I have a minute alone with him? Okay, I just realized that, yes, in audio, you can't really uh, hear the editing, but I'll just tell you, it's very quick cuts, very quick cuts there. Fast, choppy. Fast and choppy, um, definitely conveys a tone. It's kind of like the Bourne trilogy, uh, where it's like fast and raw, uh, which really added dimension to the scene. Okay, so just, you know, at the very end of this movie, just to wrap things up, Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey are forced into a room together to talk it out, basically, and... They get to a point where they they work it out. You know, things are worked out. It's a very emotional scene. It's very touching. Um, It was quite easily worked out, to be honest. It really was. I mean, they they obviously both loved each other. They just needed to speak, you know? Mm -hmm. They just needed to, like, open their mouths Mm -hmm. so that they could just let it out, you know? Exactly. And at the end, Sarah said to Matthew, Do you want to spend the rest of your life having fun, or do you want to spend it with me? Wow, huge question. And then Matthew responds with, well, we can have a little fun, can't we? Oh, man. Such a beautiful way to end a movie. Mm -hmm. Drove home Matthew's character, drove home Sarah's character, wrapped everything up. All of it came full circle. It all touched home nicely, comfortably. Uh, It just nestled right into my warm pocket, right inside. You know, we saw that with Roadhouse. I think we saw it with Killing Season. I believe um, so. Yeah, and I, and we definitely saw it with this one. Uh, that it, warm pocket is an indicator. It's a physical sensation. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that concludes our analysis of the film Failure to Launch. And before we wrap up this week, we just want to thank all of our listeners that have subscribed on iTunes or listen on sites like SoundCloud or Stitcher, etc. If you are listening week to week and you enjoy the show, just go ahead and rate us on iTunes. We Really appreciate that, and that helps bump up our numbers and really spread the message of Trebay Regor. And we will hope to see you in another week. I'm Spencer Zimmerman. My name is Sarah Zimmerman. Toodaloo.